Hello, I'm Kate. And I'm Pippa. We're the producers at She Wants a Dog, and we're pleased to bring you our series, A Practical Guide to Death. A podcast series exploring death from all sorts of angles. We're glad you've invited us here, into your ear, or perhaps the speaker on your phone, or your car, wherever you're listening from. Welcome. This drama episode is called The Tower, and is written by Annie Siddons, performed by Lisa Hammond, James Burton, and Bernadette Russell. Okay, recording by Shauna Riley, August the 6th, 4am. Hello, hello, hi. So, yeah, normally this would be a conversation between me and Cheryl McVeigh, who is the head of Stemnist X, an organisation that encourages working class female identifying teenagers into high level STEM careers. All other podcasts have been conversations with Cheryl, but I got a parcel from her last night with this equipment, this voice recorder in, and a note saying she's sorry she can't make it because she has to do a last-minute TED Talk about Stemnist X, and so can I have a go on my own? Cheryl's hit the big time. She's one of them extrovert scientists, don't you, Shazza? So, this is me. Dr. Shauna Louise Riley, interviewing myself about what it's like to be a woman in STEM. All of my friends are like, Shauna, doing a podcast, laugh out loud. I'm very, very shy. Literally, I had to make sure my voice wasn't croaky because I can spend days not really talking to anyone except the cat. I'm the one my teachers didn't know what my voice sounded like. I could be to Ling, like my assistant, what are the numbers, pass the pipette, sometimes that is it. Dad always said I had a face for radio. (laughs) Cheryl left me some questions to ask myself, so let's go. Okay, question one. Why do you love what you do? Hmm. Being honest, I don't know that I do. Being being honest, I don't go around every day thinking, God, I love my job. I don't even know if I love organic chemistry, although it's been my life for 10 years. I'm I'm not sure I'm supposed to say that, as this is supposed to be to inspire the next generation, but love, that's a high bar, isn't it? Here are some things I like about my job. It satisfies me a lot. It pays well. It's pretty secure. It's interesting. It's quiet. It's legal. (laughs) And all of them things are important to me. Question two. How did you get to be working in organic chemistry? I just had an aptitude for it, 
in all honesty, I don't know where it came from. One, no, three of my uncles were drug dealers, if you count the two that were really bad at it. So I guess <laughs> there's chemistry in my genes. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm meant to be that honest, but yeah, you can be from a criminal underclass and make it out. Who knew? It felt like organic chemistry of one sort or another, legit or not, or working in Poundland for the rest of my life. If if you do work in Poundland and you're happy with it, don't take offence. I'm not sure what the demographic crossover is between people working in Poundland and some people who aspire to have high-level STEM career, but even if it's niche, there will be one. Question three. Where did you study... I went to Cambridge Uni, which is something I still have difficulty owning. People like me don't go to Cambridge Uni, and I'm not going to lie, it's caused me all sorts of issues. I've never wanted to be the poster girl for working class aspiration, you know. I'm not a fan of exceptionalism as the narrative of working class redemption. (laughs) I just heard myself say that sentence. Cambridge works, you know. I've done three degrees, but because science, my grammar can still be proper Finsbury Park. I've done a bachelor's, a master's and a PhD. The important thing about this is that you get STEM degrees paid for if you're lucky. And I did get them paid for. And that felt like a fucking miracle. Sorry, Cheryl. What what is the swear rule on this one? I can delete it. Question four. Do you have time for a personal life? I wonder if that question gets asked to male STEM scientists. What is this, fucking grazia? Shame on you, Shezza. Okay, even scientists need to hook up sometimes. My okay Cupid profile is Nerd Girl and my Bumble profile is, in a shocking departure, Nerd Girl 85. Question five. Tell us a fun fact that you know because of your job. About 99% of the mass of the human body is made up of six elements. Oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium and phosphorus. Only about 0.85% is composed of another five elements. Potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine and magnesium. All 11 are necessary for life. I was raised a Catholic, so that can be... For me, the resurrection is a zombie story because after three days, Jesus's internal organs would have decomposed and his body would have started to bloat and blood-containing foam would have been leaking out of his mouth and nose. If I'd have been one of the disciples and I saw him walking around like that, I'd have shat myself and run for the hill. Sorry about that. For some reason, my coffee cup just flew across the room and smashed on the floor and freaked the cat out. I need more coffee. I can't sleep right now. Preoccupied. It happens. It's been happening. Usually I run it off, but soon the buses will come. Soon the birds will sing.
I'm just going to clear the coffee cup. I, I can't focus if there's a mess. broken into about six pieces on the floor and there's a, like a pool of lukewarm coffee around it and the pieces are like landed pretty neatly sort of in a clover shape shamrock if I'm feeling Irish now <laughs> the whole room smells of coffee I wish this podcast had a smell feature that's the future maybe something to think about Shez to be an organic chemist in a lab, you need to be a detail-oriented problem solver. And sometimes that means I say excessively detailed things. And so I'm not sure if that was even interesting about the shamrock. But what's happened is, is that the coffee has gone all over Cheryl's questions. And now I can't read them. Sorry, Cheryl. You know, me, I'm a ninja in the lab. Clucks in the rest of my life. I'm just picking up the coffee cup and putting the questions on the radiator to dry. Okay, the next question is, where do you live and why? Okay, come boss, you can help me with this. I'm in Cambridge, the lab is in Cambridge and I live in Cambridge. I live in a beautiful flat by the Fitzwilliam Museum. I love the Fitzwilliam Museum. All my first dates are at the Fitz. I mainly only go on first dates because I have an avoidant attachment style. I like to meet, look at the bits of the museum that I like, go to the coffee shop, have a coffee and a cake, and then go back to mine. Then I ghost them, mainly. STEM people are very good at compartmentalization. There's a really shit dad joke about that. Every year our head of lab says it at our Christmas party. I, I can't remember the setup, but the punchline is no eukaryotic. It's no funnier if you know the setup, to be fair. Hang on a minute. I'm making espresso on a stovetop coffee maker because I'm fancy like that now. The coffee I like is Union Coffee Makers Liberation. It's from Guatemala and apparently has notes of dark chocolate, red grape and custard cream. I'm not sure about that. I've never identified them tastes and I don't know how you do that. All I do know is that me and this espresso are in some kind of deep, fulfilling love relationship, which gives me so much more than the dates at the Fitz. And yeah, maybe I'm a bit addicted. I'm addicted to all of it. To this. And this. Nah. Still definitely don't get the custard creams though. What was that? Oh no, no, Buffy! Was, was it you? Um, I, I'm not sure how, I, I, okay, well, um, she's only gonna knock the vase that I got given when my mum died off the mantelpiece. That's what's just happened there. 
this, this podcast is well eventful. Um, I'm just going to sweep that up. I'm a clean person. number of beneficial health properties related to their potent antioxidant activity as well as hepatoprotective hypoglycemic and antiviral activities the main groups of cga found in green coffee beans include caffeoquinic acids dicaffeoquinic acids veruloquinic acids coumaroquinic acids and mixed diesters of caffeic and ferulic acids with quinic acid each group with at least three isomers. So <laughs> that's how a chemist talks about coffee. It's less accessible than talking about custard creams, ain't it? It kind of takes the magic away, I know. Well, unless you're a chemist, in which case it has a kind of sexual thrill when it is the magic. Uh I am even more nervous about this podcast than I realised. I sort of want to start again. I'll probably delete this bit. Maybe I'll put the radio on so that you have something to listen to. I've never heard myself talk for this long. sleeper oh god i haven't heard this song for ages for tis almost day (laughs) my mum used to sing it to me rosie flaherty died of alcoholism you know the compound of alcohol is c2h6o it has one methyl group one methylene group and one hydroxyl group Okay, I weren't going to talk about my mum because it's cringe, but okay. I think my mum, like Rosie Flaherty, was pretty much entirely C2H6O when she died. This is relevant because in the lab I was working on a new generation of anti-alcohol medications and I'm not going to lie, I was hoping I might find the one that might actually work for 
I'm so sorry. I think I think that um, the builders building the luxury flats next door they're they're, they're flouting the work guidelines because capitalism. There's been a lot of random stuff going on. Clive next door keeps a very detailed log. They should not be working at 4.15 a.m. That's so inconsiderate. I, I, I think it's that. I think that's what's going on, actually, Like rather than my clumsiness. Anyway, my point is, is that organic chemistry, doing organic chemistry can help people. Everything is chemistry. But also, it's good for people who like to be in control. Because everything is very controlled. I love the lab. I love the quiet. I love the light. I, I love the cleanliness. I love my nerdy colleagues. There's no drama. Fucking hate drama. <laughs> I need to go and see what the builders are doing because now what's happened is my coffee pot. Hang on. across the room and has landed on the floor in shape of a castle. He's right. I just hate agreeing with people. But you're regretting asking me now, Chazare. This is chaos. I'm going to have to delete all of this. I hate chaos. I'm someone who has a menu plan, honestly. I, I make lunch every day and I make my dinner every two weeks on a Sunday. When I'm not at the fits, I do a batch cook. I make five meals, two portions each, and I get some sort of perverse thrill out of spending as little as possible. I taught myself to cook when I was an undergrad. And if you're the kind of person who does that, who finds a deep, like, satisfaction and a deep contentment in doing that, maybe you could be an organic chemist too. This is horrible. I'm really messing this up. It's a complete car crash. Sorry, Cheryl. Okay, Shauna. Get that sweet espresso down you. Oh my God, that is good. Yeah, I'm back. 
I'm back. What I was saying before is that my main area of research has been on a new generation of alcohol deterrent drugs. You might have heard of gabapentin, yeah? It's an alcohol deterrent drug that exacts its effects by blocking a specific subunit of the voltage-gated calcium channel, thereby indirectly increasing the concentration of gamma-aminobutyric acid and enhancing its activity. In preclinical studies, gabapentin was shown to normalise stress-induced GABA activation in the amygdala associated with alcohol dependence. That too nerdy. Basically, the results of using gabapentin to treat alcoholism are great in the short term. But it weren't designed for alcoholism, it was designed for epilepsy. A couple of years ago, gabapentin was made a controlled substance in the UK because there was deaths. And for the last couple of years, I've been experimenting on changes because I think there's some finessing to be done. And I feel so gross in saying this. But it is relevant because Mary, my mother, was a chronic alcoholic. I thought my life's work would be to... She was killed by a 106 bus at Finsbury Park. She was off her face. That was six months ago, so... By now, she would be at the point of skeletonization. This means that all of her organs, etc., would by now have decomposed and slimed out of her holes. I didn't find out about her death for a couple of months. She had no ID on her when she died. She was always losing her phone or calling me from a different phone and I had a work deadline. So I missed her death and I missed her funeral because my family's chaotic. To be honest, I've been anticipating her death since I was about seven. So when I found out it happened like that, that she had to be unconscious from when she got here, what I mainly felt was relief. Because through the years researching anti-alcohol drugs, although I'm never on the front line... I do care about actual people and I know enough about how alcoholics die, them uncles I was telling you about, to know that it can be extremely long and extremely painful. And so when I... The fuck? No. No, this isn't real. No, I'm uh, just tired. It's 4.30am and I, I think my colleagues at the lab are playing some kind of weird prank on me. Not because they're pranksters. They ain't really, I don't think. What's just happened is that someone or something has scratched out the words, Hi, Lulu. Lulu's my middle name. On the floor! And then someone has also scratched out fuck science on the floor. I don't know what to do. Buffs? Buffy? I'm just going to find the cat. No one's going to listen to this.
my listener if there is a listener oh okay Cheryl oh my god fuck okay so the person playing a prank on me I'm gonna fucking kill them Finsbury Park style has managed to get hold of a tarot pack and has put the tarot card showing the tower on my floor someone has done, like, deep Google search on me, for fuck's sake. Now I'm thinking it must be someone from home. Liam? Whitey? Carla? Show yourself, you cunts! It's someone that knew me way back when. We're an Irish family. We're a fucking spiritual family. Catholicism and tarot and using the tower card is a pretty cunty thing to do. So whoever did that, whoever did that, maybe it's an incel who doesn't want women to be stemnist. It feels cunty. When I was a child, I, I, I was terrified of this card when I was a child. But now I'm 34 years old and I am a scientist. It's the root of all wisdom. The tower's a big storm that reduces your house to rubble, destroying everything you thought was secure and showing you that the foundations were not as solid as you believed they were. (laughs) I fucking hate crying. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Cheryl. I'm not exactly repping the stemnist X way, am I? I'm so sorry. Ah, oh, this is so cringe. I just heard my mum's voice in my head and... It's kind of destabilised me. You're going to have to edit the shit out of this one, Aisha. This has never happened before. She probably thinks you can hear her as well. That would be like her. (laughs) She loved an audience. Loved an audience. (laughs) Once I went out with this girl and she was quite middle class and she had this way of speaking and she met my mum and she said, Mary takes up a lot of space, doesn't she? She weren't wrong, you... Will experience sadness, loss, grief, anger, and confusion at the turn of the wheel. The t- 
power in a spiritual context represents the destruction of old beliefs. This could be a personal <laughs> crisis, which will force you to rethink your whole belief system. Be quiet. Please, be quiet. Abbas, stay here. You need to rethink your belief system. You need to rethink your belief system. Rethink your belief system. Your belief system. Belief. The tower is baby girl. You need to rethink your belief system. The foundations are not solid. Are not solid. Your belief system. Belief. You need to rethink, rethink your belief, your belief system. The foundations, the tower are not is baby girl solid. The foundations, the foundations are not, are not solid, solid. Huge thanks to writer Annie Siddons, performers Lisa Hammond, James Burton and Bernadette Russell, and our fantastic sound designer Ian Armstrong. Thank you. Join us for the follow-up episode available through this feed, where Annie unpicks the themes of her play with end-of-life doula and former therapist Katrina Tay. This podcast is produced by She Wants a Dog, with support from our commissioning partner, Nottingham Playhouse, and Funders Arts Council of England. To find out more about the series, follow us on social media at She Wants a Dog or visit our website, shewantsadogpodcasts.com. Look out for the other series from us, Sick Babe, Exploring Life with Invisible Disabilities and the Perverts podcast, A Queer Audio Cabaret. And please do rate, subscribe and share if you enjoyed it. And join us again for more extraordinary explorations into a subject that affects us all, death.